Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. I can tell. Good, good, good. We are so glad you are here. Thrilled to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Welcome to you. Welcome to Garner. Welcome to Internet. Welcome to everybody. Let's go ahead and jump right in. By far, one of my favorite topics to talk about is the topic of marriage. Um, probably because it's so relevant for everyone. If you're not married, you're going to get something out of this series. Trust me, because we're going to talk about dating. We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about the culture. We're going to be talking about our own marriages in this church and what we believe. I love it because it's incredibly relevant. I also love to talk about marriage because it is just, it's one of those things in life that can be one of the richest forms of blessings, but it can also be one of the richest forms of struggle and consternation and pain and difficulty. Amen? I mean, it kind of hits us on all different parts. Nothing brings out such joy and yet can be so difficult than marriage. Amen? I mean, like, how many of you, how many of you got my newsletter on Friday? See, not, not that many. If you ever want to get a newsletter from us, just put your email address on the, um, on the Connect card. But because not many of you got it, that means uh, a lot of you didn't read it, which I can go ahead and share this because I shared this in the newsletter on Sunday. Um, I mean, it's just hard work. I, I'm reminded of the guy who comes home from work, and he's on Thursday, and they're talking about the big check that he's going to get on Friday because Friday's payday. And he goes to work on Friday, and he gets his paycheck. But he doesn't go home Friday night, and he doesn't go home Saturday He's out at the bars. He's out at the wild scene. He's spending all of his paycheck. And when he got home, his wife just starts berating him for hours and hours and hours. And guys, you know what it's like. I mean, just running him up and down the wall and she wouldn't stop it. And she kind of had good grounds in this case. And finally she looked at him and she said, how would you like it if you didn't see me for a few days? Well, he had, you know, he'd been hearing this for hours. And so he goes, um, um, that'd be fine. <laughs> He didn't see her Monday. He didn't see her Tuesday. Wednesday, the same results. But on Thursday, the swelling in his eyes started to go down and he could see her out of the corner of his eye. <laughs> Pow! It's hard, hard work. And, and, and we're going to be talking about marriage, guys. In Hebrews 13, the word of the Lord says the marriage bed should be kept pure. That the marriage bed is of God. And that everyone should keep the marriage bed pure. The married, the divorced, the single. And so we're going to go at this topic big time. Let me ask you a question, moms, dads. If, if you had, if you had um, the, the stats come back to you today that told you that tomorrow your child had a 50% chance of being mauled by a bear at school, that bears were running wild in this area, and your child had a 50% chance of being destroyed by a bear tomorrow at school, how many of you would send your kids to school tomorrow? I don't see any hands. Like if you knew today going home you had a 50% chance of getting in a horrible car accident on your way home. How many of you would choose to possibly stay here a little longer today or walk home? <laughs> yeah, the answer, Bob. And, and that's the stat that we're dealing with when it comes to marriage. 
Marriage is on the ropes around the world. It's in trouble. And here's what I know about some of you. You're in here today and your marriage is in trouble. Because marriage is hard, hard work. And so I am so thrilled about this series that we get to just settle in for four weeks and talk about the nitty-gritty of building marriages that last a lifetime. I want to give credit where credit is due. I have read two great books lately. Bill Hybels speaks on marriage going the distance, a marvelous book. And Craig Groeschel wrote a book, I think this came out a couple years ago, called Going All the Way. I am indebted to these guys and their books and their sermons, and I've heard them speak on this subject. I want this to be a subject that scratches where you itch. And so I want you to send in questions, okay? I want you to send in questions to marriagematters at newhopenc.org. Marriagematters at newhopenc.org. There it is. Jot it down. That reminds me. Take out your teaching notes and uh, follow along with me. There's an outline there for you with some scripture verses and all of that kind of stuff. Send in your questions. I don't know how I'm going to answer these. I might answer them on my blog. I might, I'm trying to get my wife. Y'all tell Amy y'all think this would be a good idea. I'm trying to get my wife to come out here on stage with me and sit in the bed together and answer questions Q&A. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? She is not feeling it, man. She's feeling that about as much as having another child. It's just not happening. But I'm working on her. I'm working on her. And I told her, honey, we can get the questions in advance. And she, 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 there was a little tinge of possibility when I said we'd get the questions in advance. But I don't know if she'll do that with me on week three or four. Today we're talking about finding the one. Single people, divorced people, parents, 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 helping your kids find the one. Today we're talking about finding the one. Week two we're going to talk about finding the two. And I'm going to do a little twist on those and it's not probably what you think. Week three we're going to talk about sex. In week four, I'm hoping maybe Amy Lynn will join me on the bed, um, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> on the bed. I didn't say in the bed. Hey, um, Jesus, see, one of the reasons I love marriage is because marriage was God's idea. You know this, don't you? See, when culture and judges and, and Supreme Courts and all that kind of stuff starts, and, and society and culture tries to start changing marriage, we can't change marriage. Marriage is God's idea. God designed it, and so we can't change it. And Jesus Christ himself spoke about marriage. Look at what he said. In Matthew 19, 5 and 6, let's read this out loud. Ready? Go. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become So they are no longer but one. Let's continue. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Jesus loved the subject of marriage. So let me, let me see how many people I'm, I'm talking to in here who are married. If you're married, let me see a show of hands. Up high, up high, up high. Oh, my word, we are a married church. Wow. Okay, if you're single, raise your hand. Single, single folks. There's just a lot of people in here. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Now, if you're single and you want to get married, just kind of do this number. <laughs> hold them up, hold them up, single people. I mean, guys, what better place to find your spouse than at church? God might have, God might hook you up today. Hey, check it out. If you're married, if you're married, check it out. And, and you'd like to trade your spouse in for a new one. Let me see your hands. No, don't you raise your hand. Don't you dare raise your hand. 
<laughs> marriage, marriage, it is hard work. I love whenever someone thinks they meet the one. Have you been around people when they think they meet the one? Oh, I just found him, I just found him. Look, I got goosebumps. He's so sweet, he's so sweet, he's so sweet. We went to dinner, we went to dinner, and he burped. It was so cute, he burped. And, and then I went back to his apartment, and it's so cold, and it's so intimate, and his socks were on the floor. I think I found the one. I find it absolutely amazing how we can move, you know, where this is going. <laughs> From thinking we've found the one, and everything about him makes us happy or her happy, until we finally realize that the burps, like, why are you burping at the table, dude? Your jokes aren't funny, the jokes you used to laugh at. Your jokes aren't funny. Would you quit embarrassing me with your jokes? So why don't you pick up your socks? I mean, it's so easy to go from goosebumpy finding the one to that one driving us absolutely crazy. <laughs> I'm talking to some people up in here. It's just amazing. It's amazing how quickly Mr. Perfect goes from the one that's Mr. Perfect that can't do anything wrong that is driving me absolutely crazy. Here's a key thought for today. Listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is big. And I encourage you, take notes, guys. Men, take notes. Your marriage is so important. I know the women, they're going to, take, they're going to want a copy of this. They're going to want to be planted in the house, <laughs> in the background. Um, key thought for the day, write this down. To be really fulfilled... And find your purpose, meaning, and contentment in life. You have to find the one. You have to find the one. Seems like most people that I know are on the search for the one. And yet you have to acknowledge this. Would you not acknowledge this with me? People are getting married later in life with more reservations and with far less success. People are getting, the, the age of people getting married continues to go up. So people are getting married later in life with big time reservations. I'm just not sure. I don't want to be hurt. Let's try it out for a little bit. I mean, you wouldn't buy a new car without test driving it. Let's test drive this bad boy and shack up. Way, way more reservations than we used to have. And with far less success. I mean, even if you're not a believer, you've got to acknowledge that that is a true statement. And what we've got to understand, guys, is that our, our current system of marriage and dating, it has not always been this way. Like, um, guys, single guys, check it out. If you get married, one of your responsibilities, I think, other guys are going to disagree with me about this, and you're going to hate me for saying this, but, but a lot of I think one of our responsibilities as married men is to, like, go to chick flicks. And... Um, and be, because I know i just got to do some chick flicks in my life, I also think it's my responsibility to make fun of chick flicks. So, so um, like, uh, years ago, um, it was Pride and Prejudice. Wanted me to go see Pride and Prejudice. So I went to Pride and Prejudice. And there were some intriguing things in there, but I actually thought a lot during that chick flick that isn't it interesting that our current dating system has only been around for about 100 years. Old patterns, the old system of dating was not really a dating kind of deal. It was more of a courtship. And the community had say. And parents knew the families of the person that the young teenager or older teenager wanted to date. They knew them. They could say, that's a good boy. That's a good girl. They didn't have cars often, and so that, that form of dating was off. It was you were dating in our home. 
under my supervision. Now we have teenage girls dating guys when families don't even know about it for months. And the other way around, guys dating girls. Now instead of dating where it's kind of courtship, kind of in view and everybody's kind of watching it, now we have teenage boys and girls jumping in the bed, shacking up. Or being parked in a car somewhere, shacking up with premarital sex. Not, not, not keeping the marriage bed pure by any stretch of the imagination. Times have changed. Would you not agree? There again, if you're not even a believer and you came like tied to the hip of your spouse, would you not agree that, that people are getting married later in life with more reservations and less success? As a result, unwanted pregnancies are leading to abortion. Termination of the lives of innocent children, sexually transmitted diseases, divorces, more than you could ever imagine. Marriage is on the ropes. And biblically speaking, you cannot deny that we see this happening today. And it's so far removed from God's principles. It's so far removed. You need to know this from what God Desires in your life. I mean, could it be, come on, come on, could it be that God has a different plan for you and me? Could it be that, that He has higher heights for us in the covenant of holy matrimony? Could it be that we as a culture, we as a world, have gone completely astray? Could it be that God wants better for His people? To really be fulfilled in life, you have to find the one. But I don't think that's going to be the way you're thinking about finding the one. So let me talk about the spiritual side of relationships. The spiritual side of relationships. We looked at this passage of Scripture about a month ago, I think it was. It's the great commandment, by the way. Let's read it out loud. You guys did so good earlier. It's from Matthew 22. Jesus replied... Love the Lord your God with all your and with all your and with all your. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. See, guys, marriages are just screwed up today. And they don't have to be. It's not God's plan for us. And many of the marriages are screwed up today, A, because because we haven't fully experienced God's love for us. As a result, we haven't experienced being able to love ourselves. We haven't put Christ first and center in our lives. So often we're trying to get our spouse to meet needs that only Christ can meet in our lives. Jesus says, love the Lord your God. All your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, write this down. There's a place for you to write this down. Let me just say this. You're not going to believe this, but I think this is so true. Jesus is the one, not your future spouse. I said you've got to be fulfilled to find meaning and hope and purpose in life. You've got to meet the one. Guess what? Jesus is the one. I always hear people saying when I talk to young people, I've got to find the one. I'm looking for the one. When am I ever going to find the one? Number one, I'm not even sure there is just one out there for you. I don't know that I buy into the whole, God created this one special person. And they're out there somewhere. 
and I'm over here. And one day, magically, our paths are going to meet and until I find the one, that's when I'll be content. Really? And even if that were true, he or she's not the one. Are you listening, single person? Are you listening? Listen, listen, listen. Parents, parents, we buy into this. We buy into this with our daughters big time. In subtle ways, sometimes it's not even said, but, but one day you'll be content, you'll be fulfilled, you'll be happy when you find the one. No, they won't. Jesus is the one. Your spouse is the two. Did you hear me? Like one day, I, one day I just one day I dream. I want this to happen. Maybe one of you single people will do it with me. One day I long for the day a single man or a single woman comes up to me. Let's do the man this time. And he comes up to me. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. I met her last night. I met her last night. She's awesome. She's awesome. She looks good. She even smells good. She's awesome. She's awesome. I think I found the two. <laughs> like like that should happen. Jesus is the one. Your spouse is the two. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Pursuing marriage more than pursuing God is idolatry. Idolatry. Pursuing marriage, single people, more than pursuing God is idolatry. Let's just let it get a little uncomfortable up in here for a moment. Ladies, ladies, I, I want to speak to you for just a moment, ladies, single ladies. We have some amazing women in this church. Amen, guys? Amen. We got some amazing single women in this church. A little sidebar. Single guys, you need to get with the program. We got some amazing single women in this church. And we got some amazing single guys in this church. Amen, ladies? Guys, I'm with you. You're awesome. They just don't know you yet. But, but ladies, I think you see this a lot with women. And, and ladies, I just want to speak to you for a moment. Single ladies or uh, married ladies who you were like this and maybe you're still like this. I want to call you, no offense, um, I want to call you gotta have a guy girl. Like, like there are a lot of women... An appropriate title for them would be, gotta have a guy, girl. You know what I mean? I gotta have a guy before I'm ever going to be content. I've gotta have a guy before I'm ever gonna find purpose and meaning in life. Oh no, I just got broken up. Somebody just dropped me. Now I'm on the hunt. I gotta find a guy. I gotta find a guy. Claim him in the name of Jesus. There he is. (laughs) Gotta have a guy. Gotta have a guy kind of girl. Name him and claim him out there in the rotunda. No, you don't got to have a guy. (laughs) You don't. You don't. Oh, no, Friday night's coming. Got to have a guy. No, you don't. And you know why I can speak to you ladies so you don't get hacked off at me? You know why I can speak to you like that? Because, like, I was a got to have a girl kind of guy. I'll unpack a little bit of my story in a few moments. But, like, that was my story. You don't have to have 
A guy? Exodus 34, 14 says this, Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is... Whose name is what? Is a what? Jealous God. No, you don't. Jesus is the one. Let me just talk to those of you who are married here today. You can fool people for a little while and make them think that your marriage is okay, but down deep, there comes a time when you might have to say, you know what? We're not where we need to be. We're not where we need to be. And anytime your marriage is not where it is supposed to be, listen, 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 chances are likely that you are looking for your spouse to meet needs that only God can meet. See, like, that's my story. Whenever I find that I'm unhappy in my marriage, whenever I find that Amy Lynn is not giving me what I want, it's taken me a long time to figure this stuff out, guys. But, but like, after 15 years of marriage, I think it's 15. <laughs> Maybe it's 16. Um, <laughs> I'm glad she's not here. She's in Atlanta. Honey, I have missed you. I know you're going to watch this tonight on the internet campus. Come home. I've missed you. She's been gone since Thursday. We didn't burn the house down, honey. I love you, but, like, come on home. Um, Whenever Amy is not meeting my needs and Amy is not giving me what I think I need, almost always it is because I'm expecting Amy Lynn to meet needs that only God can meet. I mean, guys, my woman, my, my, my wife is absolutely amazing. I mean, she is an amazing woman. And guys, single guys out there, and even married men, you need to listen. The thing you need to know about women, they're multipliers. I mean, you women, you are, you are unbelievable. Like, I remember the first house I, I kind of gave Amy Lynn. Uh, it was butt ugly. Can I say that in here? And she like, multiplied that bad boy, turned it into a beautiful home. Women are multipliers. You women are amazing. Give her a little money for groceries. Man, she feeds seven people. Bam, just like that. Give her a little loving. <laughs> Times five. My assistant is shaking her head like I can't believe he's doing that. I mean, women are amazing, man. You're multipliers, dude. But guys, here's what you need to know. I give her a hard time. She gives me H-E-double-L. Women are multipliers, man. And here's the point, guys. Here's the point. Point, point, key point. Don't miss it. You're still laughing, but stop. If you're not getting from her what you want, guys, it's probably because you're not giving what she needs. The ladies are saying, Amen, Benjamin. <laughs> Janet, are you going to be okay? Do I need to call 911 for you? Ah, she's falling out of the chair. Love you, Sister Janet. 
They're multipliers, guys. What's the bottom line, guys? The bottom line, today's philosophy on relationships and marriage is way beneath God's standard. It's far beneath God's standard. You know, we think we're going to be great. We're going to be happy. We'll have the picket fence. We'll have the dog. Couple of cars. We're going to be happy. I'm going to meet you halfway. No, listen, guys. Marriage is not about meeting one another halfway. Marriage is not a 50-50 deal. Marriage is 100% laying my life down. Guys, our call is to lay our lives down completely, 100% for our wives. Ladies, same is true for you. Your call is to lay your life down. This is not a 50-50 deal. This is 100%. It's giving up everything under the banner of the lordship of the one. And when you do that, that's when finding your two can be sacred and significant. Let's look back at that Exodus 34 verse, but I want to look at the New Living Translation, which is a great translation. You must worship no other gods, but only the Lord. For He is a God who is what? Passionate. And His relationship, about His relationship with you. He is passionate about you. So single person or married person, listen to me, listen to me. It starts with your relationship with the one. It starts there. See, I told you earlier, I was a gotta have a girl kind of guy. I mean, like, here's my story. I, I accepted Christ when I was 18 years old. I wasn't in school. I had quit school. Long story, another time, another day. But I accepted Christ at the age of 18... And something happened in me. I don't know what it was. I think I was just searching. But, but here, here's like, when I accepted Christ, my life changed. But um, I decided right then and there, it was like automatic, I, I've got to find my wife. And along with that, I think I wanted just as much to find my wife. I wanted to find kids. I wanted to have kids with my wife. And so I look back on the landscape of my life, and it was just littered with brokenness. And messed up relationships. I mean, it was bad. It was awful. And so I started to then go on the wife hunt. And like you guys have been there. And, and I would date girls and I would be so dissatisfied. And they were so, you know, they weren't satisfied with me either. And it was just a train wreck of a mess. And this went on for years. I was like starting to be in ministry. And I was so discouraged. I just got to find a girl. Got to find my wife. Want to have kids. Want to have a big family. Got to find my wife. Went on for years until finally I started to kind of come to terms with some of the stuff and, and be taught this by one of my mentors and leaders. And, and here's what I did. And this might, this might be for some of you. I pushed Paul's completely on dating for like three years. Like completely. I didn't ask any women out. I wasn't interested in others hooking us up. I, I'm going to share probably more than I want to share, and this is a little silly. I kind of feel a little goofy about it, but it is what it is. Um, 
Because I started to be in ministry. Saturdays kind of became sacred for me. And they still are. We don't do anything on Saturday. But like Saturday nights, seriously, Saturday nights, I kind of looked at as like my date with, with, with God. Like I, I would read early morning dates with God, time with God. I, I got up at 5 a.m. every single day. Um, really pretty much until I had kids. <laughs> and 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 then you even get up a little bit earlier than that, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but then often they would come in and jump in the bed and you snuggle time. And so I kind of relaxed the whole 5 o'clock thing. But, but like when I was single, 5 a.m. every single day, every day for years. Just reading the word, journaling and praying and growing in ministry and growing as a, as a young man of God. And Saturday night, like I said, dates with Jesus and... Everybody else would be partying, doing their thing. I know people were kind of making bets. Will he last? How long is he going to do this? How long is the guy who you know, couldn't date enough, now not dating anybody, how long is this going to last? We'll see. It lasted and lasted and lasted. I had to get to the place where I was fully, I don't mean like partially, guys, I was fully content as an individual man of God in my relationship with God outside of a person of the opposite sex. And all the while, what I think God was doing, and I actually would, would pray that God was doing that when I pushed pause for those years, all along I was praying and hoping that God was out here somewhere else preparing whoever my wife was going to be. Because the only way to build a marriage that makes it for life is to have two people who are so content and at peace and, and found purpose and forgiveness and hope and meaning in Jesus for two people to actually grow in Christ, to grow upward in Christ. And as you've seen the whole triangle thing before. It's, it's old and I'm not going to wear it out and draw it up here for you. But you know, God's at the center. You know, you've seen this. God's at the center of the triangle. I'm at one bottom side and Amy Lynn's at the other. And as we're content and at peace with God and we're growing in Christ, we are inevitably what? Growing closer together. I mean, guys, I've got, I got an amazing marriage. I love my wife. We've had some hard times, though. See, sometimes you, you kind of put us on a pedestal and, and romanticize us. Don't do it. I mean, we've had some hard times, especially in the early years. I don't know about you. I just found it hard to live with somebody. You know what I mean? And Amy Lynn, we are as opposite as opposite gets on many, many, many things. And, uh, but here, here's the thing. I love my wife, and she loves me, and we have a great marriage. And, and here's why. Here's why. Like, she's my number two. And I'm her number two. And he is our number one. And that's the foundation for a godly marriage. Jesus said this, seek ye first. Matthew 6, you know this verse. Seek ye what? First his what? Kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. There's nothing I would like more 
than to see our church be full of God-honoring marriages that go the distance, single people, to see you not drop your standards, to see you fall head over heels in love with Jesus first, and that we be a community of faith that is countercultural, very different from the ways of the world. We actually are a community of faith that grows lifelong marriages. And the only way we're going to do that is by making Jesus the one and our spouse the two. So how do we find the perfect two? How do we find that two? I will keep up this theme a little bit next week, but, but here's a couple of things. You might want to take notes. I think this is in your, your teaching notes. You should have Jesus in common more than anything else. Single person, you should have Jesus in common more than anything else. He is the rock upon which your relationship is built. Amen? He is the common denominator. Number two, you should be attracted to the person. Now, some of you are like, no, you don't have to be. No, Pastor. Looks aren't that important. I don't know what I want to say. You can say that if you want. You can believe that, but single person between you and me right here. Like, I, I, think, I think you should be attracted to the person. Somebody believes it. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you should. There's nothing now. Don't give me, it, marriage and relationships go far deeper, 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 deeper than, than like the skin surface. Amen? But my point is I, I don't think you can compromise or should compromise. I think God will give you someone that you're attracted to. And we're all attracted to different looks and different people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it is perfectly fine that you be attracted and should be attracted to the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, hopefully. Number three, this is important. You should be able to serve God better together married than you could apart. Love what Craig Rochelle did with this one. You should be able to serve God better together married than you could apart. You've got to ask this question, single person. And don't manipulate the answer. I mean, like, be honest and objective. Do we have Jesus in common? Like, really? Not playing church, guys. Not talking about playing church. Do we have Jesus in common? Am I attracted to this person? And can we together serve God better than we could apart? Exodus 34. <laughs> Great. Verse. Exodus 34 says this, Come glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt, or some translations say, magnify his name together. Can we magnify and exalt the name of the Lord together, better married than we could apart? And if you can, guys, if you can answer yes to those questions, then you buy her a ring. Pay cash. <laughs> Seriously. If you want to go old school like I did, ask her father for her hand. 
get on your knee and ask her to come. Let us glorify the name of the Lord forever. Key questions for you, beloved. Here's one. What number is Christ in your life? Just speaking to the, to the, um, the single and the married people, but I'm speaking to you individually. Listen. What number is Christ in your life? One or two, three, or four? Is, is he really the one? Outside of marriage for a moment, is Jesus the one in your life? Like honestly ask that question. Look at your life, how you spend your time. Look at your checkbook. We talked about that last week. How do you spend your money? Look at your dating life. How do you date? Is Jesus the one? Some of you might need to push pause on the whole dating scene until you figure that one out. And some of you who are married need to circle up with your spouse. Is Jesus the one? Top priority. Lord, master over every aspect of my life. And if he's not, if Jesus is less than number one, here's the, here's the last question. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Because here's what I know that I know that I know. Single person, married person, divorced person. He is more than enough. He is all you will ever need. Father, we give you thanks for this day. Give you thanks for the beginning of this series. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray that the words that I've spoken today, Father if they are of you, would sink deep into our hearts and into our minds. Father, I pray that if they're not of you, you would let them fall by the wayside. Father, I want to pray for every single, single person here, God. I pray that they would wrestle with this question. Is Jesus number one in my life? All heads bowed, eyes closed. Just wrestle with that question, single person. Is Jesus number one in my life? Have I been looking for someone else to fill the deep-seated needs that only Jesus can meet in my life? And Father, I pray that you just speak to them in that honest reflection and that this series would bring about in all of our lives the fact that you are the Lord, you are the Master, and that we are going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our soul and with all of our strength. And we're going to love our neighbors as ourselves. Father, let that be the case. And Lord, for the, for the married people here, God, I pray that you would give them just the courage and the ability to just pull off of life's rat race and during this series, God, to, to maybe go on more date nights than usual. Maybe circle up when the kids are in bed. To really ask the hard, penetrating questions. How are we doing? To maybe pull out our calendars and, and ask the question, Hey, is, is Jesus the one? To pull out our checkbooks, is, is Jesus the one 
Maybe the reason we're struggling, honey, is because we somewhere along the way we've taken Jesus off the throne position of our lives and we put him back there somewhere and he's not the one. He's not the one in our lives. We're not praying together. We're not leading our children in the way of the Lord. He's not the one. What are we going to do about that? Father, I pray for every marriage in this place. We admit this is one of the hardest things we try to do. So we cannot do it on our own. Would you, Lord Jesus, release your power and your anointing and your Holy Spirit to do the surgical work that is needed in all of our hearts and in all of our minds and in all of our lives? Would you take these next four weeks, Lord, And would you get the engaged and the single and the dating people where they need to be? Would you get the married folks where we need to be? We lay our lives before you. And we declare that you are more than enough. All of you is more than enough for all of me. We lay our lives before you today and we ask that that great work starts to happen right here and right now.